All right, guys, welcome back to the Turner Time podcast. Happy to be with you again. Joined uh, once again today by a good friend of mine, actually his first time on the podcast, Matthew Clardy. How are you doing tonight, Matthew? What's up, boy? <laughs> so uh, Matthew and I are uh, good friends from high school. We, uh, we had class together my senior year and then uh, bonded over our love for the NBA together. And so uh, we've talked about it ever since, been been in fantasy leagues together and everything, always talk trades, smack talk, you know, hot takes, all that on Twitter and stuff. So, And we actually went to a game last night together, went to Spurs Jazz. So that was a good time. Um, how, how you been recently, Matt? Uh, pretty good. You know, just grinding on uh, the YouTube life. Uh, finally hit that, that 1,000 subscriber mark. So if you're out there, subscribe, practice squadron. Practice squadron. Good stuff on there. I post a lot of different videos recently, you know, just trying to just trying to catch fire. Mostly it's like tech, sports, shoes, and then soon I might be getting into 3D printing. So hey. a whole lot of different stuff. But I feel like a lot of that stuff like is correlated. Yeah. You know, we yeah, talk about sure. like like 2K, for example. You know, that's like a sports video game with like everything in it. So Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really gotten into the whole YouTube scene very much. I'm not I'm not really one to be on camera very often. Um mm-hmm. so that's kind of like a whole new world I haven't really jumped into, but I know you you've been doing that for what's it been like 2 3 years now you've been trying to do the the channel? Yeah, it's a grind honestly because like uh well it, like I I think I told you the other day like when I first started it was you just needed 10,000 views, like total views to get paid. Yeah. And then like equipment and then like months in, um, they changed it to the fact that you need a thousand subscribers. And what they don't tell you is like, if they're not monetizing your videos, they're not really like featuring them. Oh yeah. Like on, like on the homepage and stuff like that. So it's kind of like that's what makes it super hard is like especially if you're first starting out if if you're not getting like monetized then they don't really feature your videos and you need the features to get the subs so it's like exactly. yeah dude so, I, but, I feel you that 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 grind of the uh, those trying to make it in the sports media sports content world online it's not easy trying to break out it's crazy because you get you get like around the uh, like the mark and like people will be like they'll sub to you and then they'll unsub sub to you and you're like what did i do wrong like <laughs> yeah but i don't know it's, like i said it's a grind but uh if you're, yeah, if, no, you're if you're starting out it's not made for money you know it should just yeah, be a hobby yeah. and then yeah no i i definitely applaud you though for you putting a lot of hard hard work into that so uh yeah for all you guys check out practice squadron uh he covers a lot of the same sports stuff i do but also with extra stuff like you mentioned with tech and you know video games whatever it might be so yeah make sure you check him out um it's a fun time of the year when the nba um it's probably like the most happening time of the season other than like the playoffs because we got all-star game coming up and the trade deadline so we'll try and talk a little bit about both those things um hot off the press though coming out tonight um, they announced the all-star reserves. So filled out the rest of the rosters. They haven't picked the teams yet um, as far as Team LeBron, Team Giannis, but we know all the players that are going to be out there. Um, and so we'll go, in through, go through and talk about a couple first-timers, a few of the snubs. The biggest one I think that's jumped out to everybody, and I talked about this on a podcast a couple weeks ago with my buddy Sam, um, our guy Devin, Devin Booker down in Phoenix. Um, he's had an interesting NBA career so far. I think, I mean, I, I agree. He was snubbed. Like, the dude's averaging 27 points and, like, seven assists. And the Suns have a better record than the Pelicans, who got, you know, Brandon Ingram on the, on the all-star team. Um, and, like, you know, Devin Booker is one of those guys that you have to plan for. Like, he's a guy you got to change your defense for, got to change your schemes for. Um, and so, but I was talking to my buddy Sam, like, do you think, like, is Devin Booker ever going to be, like, your best guy 
on a championship team? You know, like that kind of like big question, right? And I don't know. And we don't have to talk about that right now. But what are your what are your thoughts initially on whether Devin Booker should have been an All Star or not? Devin Booker is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. <laughs> this dude, dude. I, was, I was really, really hoping you were going to come through with those fire takes from the the hot takes from. Yeah, I'm not even. We're already starting. I'm not even playing, bro. This dude is. He has not played one meaningful game in his NBA career. They have not made the playoffs. He's never been fighting for a playoff spot towards the like the end of the season. You know, his teams have been awful. So I'm, I, I'm guessing, I was I'm guessing re- you also don't think that Brandon Ingram should be an All Star, right? I mean, he's no never Brandon been a Ingram is a beast, bro. Well, what, why Brandon what Ingram is is carrying his Booker? team? Because one, it's like a, one, it's a trend, and two, the Phoenix Suns have only won one more game than the Pelicans up until this point, and the Pelicans yeah, have like, lost a lot of more close games than the Phoenix Suns. No, but like, like this based is on every, based on everything you just said about Devin Booker being underrated. All of that applies to Brandon or Brandon Ingram as well. They're all both. They're both overrated. No, okay, so here's a stat for you. From January 1st till now, they're 7 and 7, right? In the month no, the uh, the Suns. In the month of December, they went on an eight-game losing streak. Like, give me a break. So did the Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs ain't got no All-Stars in it either. Okay, so okay. I don't, I, I don't let's, know let's, if I would pick. Back. Then okay, but you're, but you're, you're standing with Brandon Ingram. You think he should be an All Star? For sure. Okay. Uh, okay, so I think I understand where you stand on uh, on Devin Booker. Uh, we have ops- different opinions there, maybe. Um, but like, you look, you look at the stats. I mean, like. The guy, I mean, he's like top ten in the scoring league. Brent, I don't. Brent, how many points is Brandon Ingram averaging? Like twenty three or twenty four, maybe twenty five points. Twenty five. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's been really tough in the West this year, especially just because like you've had those top seven teams that are like really really good, and then like everybody else has a losing record, right? But they had to get some all stars from those teams, and so it's like nobody's going to be happy because you're pulling Damian Lillard from a losing team. Brandon Ingram from a losing team, right? Devin Booker from a losing team. Um, I was kind of surprised. I don't know. The the Thunder are interesting because they have like a decent record, and I'm not I'm not even sure Chris Paul has been their best player, but he's their all star, right? And and like they deserved an all star. But what do you think about Chris Paul? Was that was that the right move too? You know, I was I was honestly more surprised about that than I was about. You know Devin Booker not making it. Okay. Because okay. I mean, not so. I mean, the the Thunder have definitely um, impressed this season. Yeah. You know, and I I think that's that's one of the main reasons why he was voted. Um, the the honesty is he he's scoring less points than both Ingram and Booker. Um, you know he he does have all right numbers for assists and rebounds, so he gets six and a half assists per game and he gets five rebounds per game. I think something is probably said because they're the seventh seed in the West, which is just something that no one thought that they would do. Um, I mean, to be honest, they've won nine more games than the Suns. Yeah. And they've won so nine and eight more or ten more games than the Pelicans. Yeah. yeah. And do I think that they would be that good if Chris Paul wasn't on the team? I'd probably say no, and that's yeah, that's, that's probably the reason why he's a, he's an all star. Yeah, like I like said, the, Devin Booker still has not played a meaningful game in his career, and that's that's still true this this season. You mean as in like a playoff game or like? Because like, I mean a meaningful game. When was the last time like Devin Booker? Played a game where the outcome actually mattered to his, um, to like his season, and I don't mean the fact that like, oh, if he's like, if he won like five in a row, then they'd be in the playoffs. No, like, like when was there a time towards the end of the season 
where, all right, you win this game, you're going to go to the playoffs or, or like things like that. Like his teams have been so bad that they haven't even been close towards the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I get that. And I think, I think I'm mixing up the conversation a little bit between like Devin Booker overall, we, we can leave behind the Devin Booker, like his career stats for a second. If you just look at this season, like the Suns matter. I'm sorry. Like they were in a playoff spot. They, they could still make the playoffs. And so, in my opinion, every game he plays this season is meaningful because they could make the playoffs. You know what I mean? And he's played really, really well this season in some big games. I would bet money that the Pelicans finish with a better record than the Suns. That's, yeah, okay. That's probably because of Zion. Anyway, okay. Um, the, the, the Thunder, just going back to them for a quick sec, just to finish it off. They're kind of weird because, like, they don't really have that one guy – who's scoring 25 points, right? Like, they've got Chris Paul, Shea Gilders-Alexander, and, um, oh, I just forgot his name, um, the, the German, um, Schroeder, Schroeder. Um, mm-hmm. But then they've, and then they've got... They've like got Gallinari as well. Oh, okay, I forgot about Gallinari and Steven Adams. But they've got, like, a bunch of these guys who average, like, 16, 17, 18 points, but not one guy who's, like, blown out of the water, right? So that was kind of tough, and they just kind of went with, like, the safe pick in Chris Paul because he's been an all-star already, whatever. Like, he's obviously really, really good. Um, maybe here, let's Do you think that more. they're – Yeah, go for it. Do you it. think they're buyers or sellers this year? Um, I think they're going to kind of keep it as is just because I think they've surprised even themselves with how good they've been. Um, and so I don't see why – it is tough though because Chris Paul has a tough, has a bad contract, um, but he's only got I think it's just next year that he, is next year his last year on the contract or two more years, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I think they'll probably stay pat, stand pat at the deadline. It's, we can move in, we can it's move a into weird... that in a second after the All Star. Oh, okay. I, I just wanted to touch on like a couple of the first time guys like Donda Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo, uh, your boy Jason Tatum from the Celtics. Um, Pascal Siakam, like there's a bunch of first time guys. So who who out of like the new guys do you think was like okay that was a good pick future star and which ones were kind of like eh, like so so more of like a sympathy sympathy pick kind of. Do you know how how it's picked? Like it is it um, positionless yeah, yeah. So, or do they? No, it's so it's they... um, oh shoot, I think it's two guards, three forwards. Um, but then, well, that's for the starters. And then I think the reserves is positionless. And then it's, it's 50% fan vote, 25% media, 25% players. And actually the players thing is a big deal right now because apparently like a bunch of them just didn't take it seriously at all and voted for like the, the, the rookies and like the guys in the bottom of their roster. And so that might that kind of might that might have jacked it up a little bit. Here's here's if if it is positionless, right? Which um, for the reserves that is, which is something I, do, I honestly do not know. One instead of arguing is Devin Booker better than Brendan Ingram? A part of me, and this is when I first saw it. I I would have thought if it is positionless, that Devin Booker probably should have been in over Rudy Gobert. Just because I on I do I mean I was talking about it yesterday. Even though he was beastly, and maybe it's just because I don't follow the Jazz, and but God, I'm just not a I'm just not a huge like Rudy Gobert fan. And yeah, I think I, mean, I think yeah, like he he's not, he's not a flashy guy. Like in, in the in the All Star game, like he's gonna catch some alley oops and that's it, right? Like he plays defense and dunks, like. He's not going out there and giving you like these crazy highlight plays a lot of the time, right? He's not shooting threes, whatever. He's not a bit like a modern big, like you would say. But but I also I look at the at the the reserves and the only other center is uh, Jokic. So I'm like, uh, do they just want like two centers on the? Or you can maybe say oh. Sabonis. And 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 well uh, well, but, well yeah, but, but that's then... in the East. And Bam at oh I see what you're saying like two on each yeah, team yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it it does kind of feel that way and I, I'm I'm sure a lot of the media guys voted for it like that um, but then again like 
you gotta you gotta factor in the record a little bit into it, right? The Jazz are like I think they're they were three seed last last night. I'm not sure where they're at now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, playing, no they're actually playing they're playing they're playing the Nuggets right now. I've, I think it's halftime still. Um, fascinating game. Um, but yeah, like I the fact that the Jazz are doing so well, it's almost like you know you gotta give them at least one All Star. And in my opinion, Rudy Gobert's been better than Donovan Mitchell this year because. Mm-hmm. He's they're 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 a defensive team at the end of the day. Like that's where they hang their hat. And so everything like when they're successful, it's really more dependent on Rudy than it is Donovan. You know, I, I I'm just looking at stats though. I mean, Donovan is he's averaging twenty five a game, which is good, you know. Um and he dropped thirty plus on the Spurs last night when we were there. Like obviously, like I have no problem with Donovan Mitchell being being an all star. I'm I'm happy that both of them made it. Um, in fact, I'd say overall, I'm like, I'm pretty happy with the all-star teams. It ended up about where I thought it would. I'm still kind of surprised that Trey Young was a starter <laughs> with, no, with, I agree. with them literally, with them, them literally being like the worst team in the league. But <laughs> Hey, he scored like 40 points on Harden's no defense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, my, 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 my only gripe, my only gripe is probably Brandon Ingram. I probably would have put Booker over Ingram. The the Lillard thing is a little bit weird just because the, the Blazers haven't been very good. Westbrook, I get, because whatever, triple-doubles, the Rockets are doing pretty well still, you know, I get that. Um, any, any other well, thoughts he's, on your He's end? really beastly, like, when Harden doesn't play well or doesn't play. Yeah, he just kind of takes over. What about the East, though? I, I honestly, one big shock for me was Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and, and like, and once again, I feel like they, and I don't know if, how much I agree with this. Like, I get it. The thing about you know giving the teams that are winning their their due, like their portion of players, like they deserve two all stars. You could say like the Raptors are top three seed; they deserve two all stars. And I think that's kind of the thinking there, right? Like they have to get two, so it'll be Siakam and Lowry, right? Um. Are, are you are you more for maybe spreading it more evenly across all the teams in the in the conference and giving someone else a chance? No, I just think Jalen Brown is a better player than Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I mean that, that that's hard to disagree with. I I'd probably agree with you there. But I know, I mean, I can see why they probably didn't put him in because they already have like Kemba and Jason Tatum. But yeah, like, yeah, Jalen Brown has been a beast this year. No, I think there was there was definitely like if any team was gonna have three all stars, I think it was probably gonna be the Celtics. Um, I'm trying to think of what other teams could have had three. Can you think of any? Um, no. The, the... How closely do you follow Chris Middleton this season? Yeah, th- I mean that's no- that's another example of like you know Bucks are the number one seed. They got to have more than one all star, right? And then they gave. Mm-hmm. So, but I can't even think of like who who would who would have been a third guy in the Bucks. They don't really have a a big third guy. Brooke Lopez, he hasn't been. There's no way. <laughs> well, it's weird because I I looked up like All Star snubs today, yeah. and and really they're all West players. Like the only two All Star snubs I see on the East is Kyrie Irving and uh, Bradley Beal. Yeah, and like Kyrie hasn't he barely started playing like a month ago. Yeah, Kyrie should not have gotten it either way. Yeah, I, I I could see Bradley Beal. Um, I think that has a lot to do with that the Wizards haven't been super good. I think he's missed some games too, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. No, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Sabonis, they you know the the Pacers are doing really well. They wanted to give him somebody. I think it was between him and Brogdon. Um, I think early on in the season, I I could have seen Brogdon a little bit more. He he's kind of been a little more quiet recently. Um, I'm still surprised. I don't think Jimmy Butler was. He's not a starter, right? I thought he would have been a starter. No, he's not. But yeah, but. no. I mean, he 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 just takes over games, which I mean, he's, yeah. he does that on both end, ends of the floor. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I know for for a fact that he would not be as good without him. Oh yeah. Let me no. let me ask you this: Is Sabonis better than Miles Turner? <laughs> Okay, this season he has been. Um, he's been like a lot more consistent for them. Um, I haven't watched. I, I'll admit I haven't watched many Pacers games. Maybe like one or two, but just from what I've heard, um, I 
Miles Turner still has like that upside, like a ton of potential just because of like his raw athletic skills and like, you know, he shoots the three or whatever too. And I think, I think Mm -hmm. he actually like, I think he led the NBA in blocks like last season or the year before maybe. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was it's close between them. I I mean this season I think Sabonis, which is why he got it this season, right? Um, I wonder if Miles Turner like I mean it'd be it'd be weird like, or it's weird thinking back like two years ago, if you'd asked somebody, hey, who's gonna be the first All Star between Sabonis and Miles Turner? They would have said Miles Turner, no question, right? <laughs> but no, I agree. Here we are. <laughs> no, other other than that, I'm pretty happy. I think next year for sure, like Kemba. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are gonna get in it. Okay, so, I mean, I watched I watched the game tonight, and their chemistry yeah. is just yeah phenomenal. Yeah, and like okay, that 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 brings us. Let's talk about the Celtics for a little bit. They can they can kind of transition us into the trade deadline talk a little bit. Um, it was weird. Like I feel like the trade deadline started heating up like way earlier than it usually does. Like the rumors were starting up or like around Christmas, like pretty early. But then it kind of died down like the last couple of weeks or so. And they were like, oh, no, it's going to be a quiet deadline. Like not much is going on. Most teams just kind of want to like stick with, with what they've got, see where it takes them. Um, but then I think it was today or the day before I've seen a couple articles. Um, and one of them mentioned, I think it was on the ringer, uh, Kevin O'Connor. He mentioned the Celtics and just like I think we everybody's noticed this. Like they just have so many guys, right? They've got so many guys that can handle the ball that it can be primary scorers, ball handlers. And I think the two he mentioned in particular, if I'm not mistaken, was Marcus Smart and Gordon Hayward. Um, so do you see any smoke there um, about about a possible trade with one of those two guys? I, I know that the, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba, for sure, probably not, cause just because of you know their chemistry together. But with those other two, any possibility? No, I, I can – this is what I can actually see them doing. So, I guess for, first off, to understand the slowness of it all, a lot of it yes. is due to just the insane amount of contracts and how um, you're allowed to trade them. You know, because most of the time um, there's like a percentage that you have to meet. Mm. So, we there's there's an unbalance in the league where, you know, there, there are young – young players that could be traded, but you can't match the salary of like, like a higher end player. Like, like one of the, one of the play, let's just say LaMarcus Aldridge, right? LaMarcus Aldridge yeah. makes over 26 million, you know, even though let's just say John Morant, you can't trade those two players for one another just because of the salary. So that's, that's one reason why there hasn't been a lot of trades Two is because of the uh, the window to trade. You know, if you um, if you signed in the off season, you couldn't be traded before I believe December like sixteenth. It was. I think I think it was the twelfth. Yeah, yeah, so, something around that time. So that that was why there wasn't a lot of trades to begin with, because a lot of guys signed new contracts and they weren't eligible to be traded. So one, it's the money. Two, it's that, and now. The, the NBA is a weird spot where because of the money and because of, you know, the future free agents, I I imagine that it's going to be a lot of trades. If there are trades that it's going to be like, Oh, I really don't want my guy. You really don't want your guy. I don't really love your guy, but you know, let's just trade trash for trash type of thing. Interesting. And I okay. and I, I think that's that's what it is. So so like for example, like Andre Drummond, right? He's he's been one of the dudes that's been talked of like getting traded. Well, Andre Drummond makes like over twenty million dollars a year. Um yeah. Lamarcus he's, Aldridge he's, also he's, they're both so, overpaid. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean you could trade both those players. I don't see any picks yeah. being involved in that just because the Spurs don't really want LaMarcus and the Pistons, you know, they, they would probably want to keep him, but he's also not in their future. So it's like, eh, we'll trade like what we don't want for what you, you don't want type of thing. Yeah. And, and, and then just, just kind of hope that it might work out or something or that they'll get rid of their contracts in a year. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that, that's all it is. So, 
Because yeah. um, like that, they, that's they would that's... literally, they would pretty much be in the same position either way. The contract is the same length, whatever, same amount of money, and so it's just kind of seeing if it works for a year, and if not, jump off the bandwagon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like another reason with with like Carl Anthony Towns, like like if you're trading Carl Anthony Towns, you want you know like probably a past All Star and a young player. Well, it's hard to do because a lot of the all-stars make around the same amount of money as him. And, you know, plus the other player, well, that doesn't equal out. So then it's like, well, does that other team have another player that they don't want that we might want, you know? So, so that's like a perfect example. That was the Jordan Clarkson Dante Exum trade that just happened. Right. Right. You know, like, like a couple, like a month or so ago, you know, the Cavs really did not want Jordan Clarkson and the Jazz really didn't want Dante Exum. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> so it, it's just one of those things where you're trading trash for trash. Um, in this but, case, it worked out for the, for the Jazz because, you know, he's been a beast off the bench, which is something he was not doing in Cleveland. Like, let's be yeah. real. Yeah. I mean, so. Just a, a very different role. Right. It's, it seems, I mean, for a little while there, Dante Exum was doing pretty well and, in Cleveland as well. So it might've worked out for both. Cause like a lot of times it just takes a change of scenery for a guy or a change of role for a guy to yeah. kind of, you know, find his place. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think a lot of it ha- like has to do with how big of a summer we had, right? Like there were just so many changes over the summer, so many new contracts, so many trades that it's like, Ooh, I don't know how much more we can handle. Right. Like we've already had such a dramatic shift in the league that I think now we're seeing kind of like the opposite effect of that, where like everybody's kind of, you know, just exhausted and kind of tired and just want to, you know, wants to play it through and maybe wait till the summer for another big shakeup. Um, yeah. An- another thing that I think is also holding it up is that the NBA draft in the sense that I think it's projected that this, this NBA draft and, and the next one are going to be like loaded with good young talent. So I don't think teams are willing to trade like a first round pick for like a veteran or mm. or things like that. And that, I think that's one reason why Andre Iguodala hasn't been traded yet is yeah. because no one wants to give up a first round pick Which for is Andre Iguodala. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the Warriors were barely able to get a second round pick for Willie Colley Stein like a couple of weeks ago. And even that's then, that's like nothing because yeah. what's a second round pick to the the Mavericks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's it's so crazy, and like, yeah. So, in your opinion, Celtics aren't aren't going to make a move. Nothing's happening there. I think if they if they make a move, they're going to try to package younger players and picks. Okay. See the yeah. Celtics. The Celtics are in a in a weird spot where all that stuff I just mentioned about like first round picks. I don't yeah, think yeah. they care as much of, just in the sense because they already have this guys. past. Well, this this past like draft and the the dudes they picked up like un, unrestricted free agents as far as like or undrafted free agents. Yeah. Um, was pretty wild this past summer. Most of the dudes that they got are already in the rotation. Mm. So, so like players like like Grant Williams, probably their best rookie thus far. Um, I can see Carson Edwards, you know, making that leap sooner or later. He's he's played a few games, some of which you know he's balled out on, and some of them, you know, his size just gets him, um, you know, not as valuable on the court versus some lineups. But I mean, he balled out during the summer league. They've started playing Javante Green more, which is a dude that was undrafted, um, you know, over the summer. He balled out for them yeah. in the summer league. They signed him. And then even Taco Fall, you know, Taco like Fall, he's, they, he's yeah. played a lot, but, you know, he's an undrafted free agent. And dude, so I, guy, I can see them, like, trading guy, some of those players. Dude, that guy gets MVP chance. He gets all-star votes. Man, it's, it's Taco's world. We're all just living in it, man. It really and God, it's so nice to watch him, but you you can tell that there needs more. Um, he's he's raw. One, yeah, he he's raw. He needs to get bigger for one, and oh, two. Really? I think, yeah. 
I think a lot of the, the things with him is a lot of players don't know how to lob it to him just mm. because it's like it's like an awkward height. Yeah. You know, so that's something that needs to be worked with. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean sure. that that's the reason for trades that I, I think aren't aren't happening. Do you think the Spurs make a trade? Um I hope they do. It's I don't know, it's been weird. We haven't even really talked about the Spurs much on this podcast so far. Um but yeah, I mean, we can kind of talk about it all in one, like the lack of all stars and the possible trades, because everything centers around Demar Derozan and Marcus Aldridge. Um, neither of which was an all is an all star this year. Um, first time since 1997 that the Spurs haven't had an all star. They've had one. I think they've had 43 all star games, and the Spurs have had a player in it 40 out of the 43 years, which is like absurd. But anyway, um, not this year because we have a losing record. They've kind of canceled each other out a lot of the times, Demar and Lamarcus. Like when one's playing well, the other one's not, and like vice versa. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season, it's like Spurs are at this crossroads. You know, they either get rid of the old guys, go with the young, or you stay in like the quote win now mode, which we're not winning now. So that is completely complete BS, right? Um, and but and everybody kind of seemed on board. They were like, "Oh yeah, it makes sense. Like we've got Dejounte Murray, Derek White, like Lonnie. We've got these young guys. Let's you know get get Lamarcus's trade value up. Let's get him out of here. We'll trade him at the deadline to a contender. We'll be good, right? S- send Demar to the Orlando Magic. They need scoring. We'll be all right. But then like everything went quiet the last month or so because Demar went on his streak where he was like, you know, not missing from the field. Lamarcus starts hitting his threes, and we're like, oh, okay, okay, okay." Maybe they can stick around for a little bit longer. But, like, then we lose three games in a row. You know, we beat the Jazz, but then, like, we're still losing games. And so, I don't know. Like, I think one of them still has to go. And it's looking like LaMarcus is going to be that person. He hasn't played three games in a row, and I don't think he's injured. Um, so, that there might be some smoke there for something happening. And... Um, I mean, his trade value definitely went up when he started hitting threes, right? Because <laughs> teams want that. Um, but then I started seeing these rumors today about, like, oh, no, teams are going to start targeting our young players instead. Like, they want Lonnie. They want Derek White because we're not playing them enough. They're not getting their run. They're not getting their minutes. So other teams are going to come in and start them, give them their 35 minutes, 40 minutes a game, right? And it's just like, man, did we really mess up that bad? Like, where are we even at right now with the Spurs? Like, it's just, it's a weird time, dude. <laughs> Here is the problem with the Spurs. One, their mentality right now, just on the fact of um, of them not playing their young guys. Yeah. If, if you're a player going into the NBA draft, I would not want to be drafted by the Spurs. You know, I don't think that these players, you know, want to go in the G League for large amounts of time. You know, I don't think they want to wait a whole season to play. I mean, what, I mean, Keldon Johnson, he he was in a – what school? Was he in Kentucky last year? Yeah, Kentucky. You know, imagine playing in Kentucky and now you're, you're like the dude and now you're playing for the Austin Spurs. I don't even – has he even played like a – more than like six minutes in a game? No, no. He's, he's only you know played garbage You know what I'm time. saying? Yeah, yeah. Brandon Clark, who was drafted after Luca, you know the Spurs Luca is a freaking beast, and yeah. you know the dude drafted before him hasn't even seen, you know the court. Yeah, so that's okay. One thing. Here, here, here's here's kind of my thinking, right? Like, there's two different ways you can go about this, and like, because for the longest time the Spurs mentality was like, okay, you're gonna come here, you're gonna learn the system and we're going to win as a team, right? Like, you can kind of forget about your ego. We're going to win as a team, but it's worth it because we're winning. We're winning championships, whatever, making the playoffs. But then, like, the NBA has kind of shifted to more of, like, the individual player mentality where, like, I'm getting mine, right? Like, I'm securing my bag. I'm going to play in the place I want to play with the people I want to play with. Like, a little more selfish, right? Like, let's just be honest. That's how it is. And so, I mean, it's true what you're saying. Like, players come into the draft these days, wanting to be a star like they want to get their team they want to get their minutes they want to play and so and it's just tough right because then you look at guys like brandon clark john morant on the grizzlies and 
I'm not, I'm not saying that they have that selfish mentality, but like, you know, they, I'm sure they want to be stars too. And they're playing their young guys and they're ahead of us. They're the ones that are winning right now. Like the, the Grizzlies are in a playoff spot right now. And the Spurs are not when we apparently have this winning mentality and we're not playing our young guys because we want to win now. Like it's not working. Right. And so like, I don't even care. Like you can throw out the whole team first mentality and the me first mentality. Like just, freaking just play the guys that are good play the guys that are gonna win you games like i don't even care anymore it's i'm i'm sick of it dude <laughs> it blows my mind that brent forbes is still a starter on this team <laughs> like yeah. he's 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 a shooter don't get me wrong but his defense is awful and i can't help but think you know are there better players out there than him and more than likely, I think there are. I do. I don't really follow Keldon Johnson that much, just because he has not played. But yeah. I and and this is like kind of what I was I was thinking about the other day when I was talking to you about like like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, right? Both those dudes were drafted in the same draft as um, Derek White and Dejounte Murray. Wait, 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 and no, no. I know Jalen, Jalen Brown was the year before. Jalen Brown was 2016. Tatum was 2017. So no, no, so, I, no. I mean, like, like Dejounte Murray was drafted with Jalen Brown, oh, and Jason sorry, Tatum yeah. was drafted with yeah. Derek White. And I know that yeah. they play different positions and everything. So I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I can tell. You, I know for a fact that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have played more minutes in the NBA than both those dudes. You know, oh, I know, I know. Okay. Dejounte was like injured. But I mean, yeah, even yeah, take yeah. out that, I I still think that they play more minutes, and I think that just oh, yeah. gets them like better. You know how? I mean, how much really can you develop in the G League without playing actual NBA games against actual NBA like superstars and things like that? So, for me, you know, if if they're not going to make the playoffs, you know, what is the real purpose of this? You know. Are they trying to play Luca and and Kelvin Johnson next year? You know, do they do they want Lonnie? I mean, I, Lonnie Walker for sure has been playing more, but he's still like not really starting. You know, no, he's not. He's started one game. <laughs> yeah, and and I just I know they like to play a lot of guards, but it's like why why can Lonnie Walker not play ahead of Brent Forbes? Brent, and Pat, Brent Forbes and Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> yeah, no. Dude, well, Patty, I, okay. Patty Mills is for sure the sixth man, and and I like I like that role, but I I don't really like when they go super small with like like three guards set with Demar, um, Demar, Brent Forbes, and Dejounte, and and sometimes Patty too. Yeah, but. Well, I mean, you you can you had the the uh, you know scorching hot take last night that Patty Mills is the best player on the Spurs. So, you, so Patty you want to defend Mills that? is the you best want, player on the Spurs. You want to defend that a little bit? <laughs> he is the most consistent. He is the most clutch, and I'm pretty sure he does everything for the Spurs. He can defend well. He's one of their best three-point shooters. He just takes over games at points. You know, he's perfect in the clutch. I mean, I told you the other day, I do not trust DeRozan in the final minutes of a game, both on his free throw shooting and, like, like this is what I see with DeRozan. This dude will make – he will make all these contested mid-range shots the whole game. Game is on the line at the end. He cannot make these shots. Like, it is, it is frustrating. And that's what happened in game seven of the playoffs last year. Like, yeah. just down the stretch, it was him and LaMarcus. And teams knew they were just going to take – they were either going to ISO LaMarcus down in the post or DeMar was going to take a contested mid-range. And it didn't work. And that's why they, that's why they lost game seven. Okay, well, so, here, here's, my, here's my hot take with that. I read about this a little bit a couple weeks ago. Um, I think that there was just like so much confusion between like who actually was the guy, right? Because DeMar could take that shot or LaMarcus could take that shot. And so they were both like deferring to one another. And then you had Derek White, 
who like had also been the guy dropped like 36 points in a game in that same series right and so they were just like nobody knew what to do like nobody know like obviously pop told them like hey you know demar's taking the shot or whatever but at the, at the end of the day like nobody actually had that full confidence of like oh okay this is my team right like nobody was owning that hey but i need to come through with a quick uh, emergency update from this you this uh jazz nuggets game so the jazz were up by like 10 points it was like 70 or to 60 or something in the third quarter the nuggets came back to tie it at 70 fourth quarter now nuggets up 80 to 71 donovan mitchell guess how many points he has with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter just guess. Oh dang, zero points. Straight up zero, a, a hot zero points. Oh, I think he's like zero for nine or zero for ten. First time in his career, he's gone three quarters without scoring. <laughs> that's so, an all star right there, bro. That's, that's an all star numbers. That's that's an all star, right? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and then, but then, then the, the Nuggets are looking like they should have had two all stars. <laughs> Oh my goodness, dude! Wow, yeah, I might have to, I might have to jump out early and catch the end of this game. I apologize to the li- listeners that this became a uh, a Spurs hate podcast, a Spurs rant, vent all my all my bad feelings podcast. Um, I mean, that's what your Twitter is, bro. Yeah, that's, literally, <laughs> that's literally my life. Um, you but, you uh, kill me because like during the summer I was, and I can say this because. Pop, Pop really. I'm not gonna. Say, he he butchered Team USA. I'll just say that. I'll just say that this dude I mean, had. They came, in, they, they came in like seventh place, right? Yeah. Or ninth. And I was oh, talking about his 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 poor coaching and and why they weren't winning. And you were like defending this man. And then now that the Spurs are doing terrible, I always see you rant about Pop, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I told you like six months ago that he was he was going down because I mean honestly, bro, like he had he had all these Celtics players on that Team USA team, and the Celtics are one of the best teams in the NBA, and if you're one of the best teams in the NBA, I'd assume that you're one of the best teams in the world, right? Like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, don't, I, mean, yeah, I think I don't, it's well know. known that USA has the best basketball players in the world. Oh no, yeah, for sure, for sure. No, it was everything that happened in that tournament was it was a complete disgrace. Even before the tournament, when when they lost to Australia or whatever, yeah. But okay, well, if if you if you're if you're all knowing, if you can guess what's going to happen six months from now, uh, you want to go ahead and tell us who's going to win the NBA title? <laughs> NBA title. Mm. I I was thinking about this the other day, and I know we weren't going to talk about this, and I don't want to dive too much in, but I think if the Lakers win, the NBA is going to rig it. Like, if the Lakers win, I know the NBA is rigged. Oh, this is, this is ult- ultimate hot take conspiracy, Matt, coming out right now. Oh, if the Lakers win, it will be because the NBA rigged it to get hype, sympathy, views, sales. Okay. All I, that I, other I, stuff. I I might need to cut you out of my podcast. I might need to cut this end part and not not put your name <laughs> in because there's there's some mad disrespect going on right now. <laughs> um, no, but if anything, if, if they win, I I agree. I think the Lakers are going to win, but it's not because it's rigged. It's because they're just going to play harder than everybody else, and they're they have two players that are like possibly the top five players in the NBA. Like if they're just going to. I don't think. Like they're literally gonna do everything in their power to never lose a game the rest of the season. Like, I nobody I wants nobody wants to face the Lakers ever. Because here's my thing, and and let me just go to the East side. Like, a part of me feels like the Bucks are gonna like choke, like they've been choking in the playoffs. Like I I know Giannis is like easily top three player in the league. Would you say? I mean, I mean, probably the best player in the league right now. I, I would yeah. say I would say, I would say Giannis is the best player in the league right now. I think he's the most dominant, but I feel like in clutch, I probably want like Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James over him. Mm. But and or, I or, am, or, or like or like Demar Derozan or like Devin Booker maybe over Giannis. <laughs> I'm messing with you, dude. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go nah. ahead. 
like I don't know. I, I'm worried. I think the Clippers could could get it. What worries me is that they haven't played a lot together. Yeah. But I I also don't think that like that matters in the playoffs that much. You know, I, I think that they're able to like flip the switch and I think Kawhi Leonard alone like can carry that team to at least the Western Conference Finals. I mean LeBron's gonna ball out. I don't I don't trust the Jazz. I don't trust the Mavericks. I don't trust the Rockets. You know, any of those teams to win it. I like the Heat. I think they're just unexperienced. And I think that will cost them. 76ers for sure ain't winning it. I'll just, I'll just say that. There is too much uncertainty with both Joel Embiid's health, the mixture of Ben Simmons in closing times. You know, well, they, don't play, they, don't, they don't play well together. Ben Simmons and Joel yeah. Embiid do not play well at this, on the same team. <laughs> And when all those dudes play together with Horford, you know, Horford basically a, out there for nothing. It's a mess. You know? It's a mess. Yeah. The Pacers. No, my, my, my prediction is going to be I'm going to go the L.A. teams and then Celtics-Bucks. I think both I think both uh, conference final series could go to seven games. No, I agree. And then, I agree and with then, that. And I think whoever comes out of the West takes it after that. But. I feel like secretly the NBA is just better, like both rating wise, when the Celtics play the Lakers. Yeah. Oh no. And I, I think as per ratings, if the Lakers beat the Celtics this season in the finals, you know, it would be that'd be that'd be big. Yeah. Then I mean, because think about it this way: not only the Kobe stuff. Yeah. LeBron would be, I want to say, the only player to get finals MVP on three different teams. And and in two different conferences, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. But then on the flip well, side, Kawhi it, Leonard, if Kawhi Leonard yeah. wins it, yeah, then exactly. you would be the first player to get um, the three finals MVP on. Yeah. Yep. Well, because he, he, he's already done it in two different conferences. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Um yeah, like the thing with the the Clippers, I mean, I, I I saw a crazy stat, not even a stat. Like I was I was looking through Kawhi's career numbers, and um, like everybody says that he he played like so few games last year with the Raptors in the regular season, like the load management, all that. But he played the same number of games last season as he did in the 2012-2013 season when we went to the finals against the Heat for the first time. And so, like, I like if he plays sixty games again this season, I think they'll be just fine. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, he's he's one of those rare players that can just, you know, turn it up both offensively and defensively. Who and the, I mean, the main what that that uh, video is always coming across Twitter that the kid like comes out in front of his school with sunglasses on. And he's just like, turn it up. Have you seen it? I'll, I'll send it to you later. It's a good one. But, yeah, I mean, that's, like, the main reason. I mean, the main difference between him and Giannis. Yeah. You know, he's sure. he's more versatile. Do I think Giannis is more dominant in the paint? Yeah. Yeah. But, no I doubt. mean, Kawhi Leonard will just die you up at any any part of the court, both offensively and defensively. No, dude. But I, no I do doubt. agree. Like, I, I agree I, I with your Kawhi, prediction. Kawhi's the scariest. He's the scariest player in the playoffs, I think. Just because he – like he he wins he wins games you know like that's his thing. I mean yeah he took down the Sony Sixers with that nice double bounce the double Yo, doink. Is is, uh, is is Steph gonna come back this season? You think? No. Okay, let me ask you this. And, and I posted about this on my Twitter on my uh, on the practice squadron Twitter. Um. What are we thinking of Steve Kerr this season? Are we giving him a pass for? Yeah, he, had, he he has some he has some quote. I didn't read the whole quote, but it came out yes. I think it was yesterday talking about like his young players and everything he's doing this season. And somebody was saying like, "Hey, that's the same mentality Pop needs to have," or something like that. Like he really is. I mean, he's developing guys, dude. Like he's given them valuable minutes. He's given given them experience, and then like. 
Steph and Clay are going to come back and they're going to be really good again, straight up. Like he's he's giving them. I think it was so bad last year in the finals with the injuries and like when KD came back and everything that they're being like over cautious, over protective, and they're just saying, you know what, we're not even going to push it. We're going to give Clay and Steph the time off they need, and then we'll come back and we'll be you know a contender again, basically. No, I, I get all that, but my main problem with him is, is he only a good coach because he has those players? Like, now that he doesn't no. have those players, they're awful. Well, okay. You know, like, like, so is he is he an air coach, or are we just giving him a, a pass this year? Because a part of me wants to say, like, a good coach, and I'm not saying, like, like let's just take the Grizzlies, for example. They have a lot of young players. Like, why are the the Grizzlies winning more games than I don't the know, Warriors? Okay. Who who was uh, – I mean, the highest pick the the Warriors had in the draft last year was probably, like, 20 or something. I don't even know. I, I don't know off the top of my head. But, I mean, the Grizzlies had um, John Morant number two pick. Like, he, he could have gone – like, there were arguments for him to go number one. And so, like, the difference between having a guy like John Morant and then having a bunch of – you know, low first round, second round guys, I think is pretty drastic. Like there's a big drop off from Zion and John Moran to the rest of that class. No, for sure. But here's my thing. I mean, we're really talking about two players here, right? We're talking about Clay Thompson and we're talking about um Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Are we are we saying that the, like the when two, a team the loses shooters, the two best shooters in NBA history? <laughs> No, no, I I agree with that. But are we saying that without two players, you know, Steve Steve Kerr can be competitive? You know, he still has like the two time defensive player of the year, Draymond Green, who was who was an all star. You know, like yeah. why? You know what I'm saying? I, I, like, like, yeah, I I don't agree. I don't think Draymond Green should have been an all star. I think he's probably one of the more overrated players of the last five years or so. But I also wonder if um, Steve Kerr has been a little bit – I mean, I'm not going to come out here and say that he's losing games on purpose, right? But I do wonder if he's been a little bit more lax with, like, the rotations and stuff and, like, maybe letting D'Angelo Russell sit for an extra game or whatever and because he knows that they'll get a good draft pick, you know? Like, there's got to be some they, – they're tanking, like, straight up. They're, it's tanking tactics. Well, yeah. Well, that I mean, so they've they've only won ten games. Yeah. Like, you know, all because a lot of the narrative is, you know, oh, if we have Steph and Clay, like we'd be, we'd be like way better. Well, it's like the rest of the team would still be the same. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like yeah. Like, is this, why? Like, I I get that these players are. I mean, they're easily like twenty to twenty five points per game players. But it's like the rest of the team is still the same. If like if they're not competitive with like those other dudes, then it's like what are we doing? Yeah, I guess I don't. I, and I'm sorry if you if you're a team that's tanking on on purpose, I have to knock the coach. Well, you know, uh, okay, yeah, or knock the front office. I'm I'm just saying I don't think I don't yeah. think it's Steve Kerr's fault at all. Like I think I think the front office made some interesting decisions with um, who they let go, and I mean, I don't think D'Angelo Russell has been as good as they thought he was going to be. Um, and so I like I get what you're saying. Like they've obviously made bad decisions, and they're in a questionable, a questionable place. And I don't think I don't think they would be in the playoffs even if Steph was there. Um, Steph and Clay probably they probably sneak in with a six six through eight seed. Um, but I I, I just I wouldn't put it on Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr is a great coach. Okay. Yep, yep. That's fair. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably gonna call you here in a sec. Uh you got any closing thoughts or any any other any of those those uh flaming hot takes you wanna throw out there before I try and cool you off? Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do like a another one to assess my hot takes in the future. The, just, because I think you'd be surprised your hot takes. <laughs> Dude, how please. how realistic my hot takes are. Uh, okay, okay, fair enough. We should start our our own edition of the the 
the ringer has this podcast called the hottest take and we, we should start our own but it's just matt's hottest takes and they're all just they're all just about like ob- obscure nba players <laughs> yo there's this, like there's this uh, I, I know i know like everything i talk about is from uh, from the ringer they have good content there's this video i need to send you about it's like a aa meeting like uh alcoholics anonymous but it's all it's about nba players and like their guilty pleasure for nba players they talk about like jeff green and like dante exum and like all these players who like people thought they were gonna pan out and be like amazing players but they like they can't let go and like admit that they're not that good (laughs) i i think one of the main reasons for my hot takes and my outlook on the nba on, and specifically on winning, and that maybe this is just the East, but I remember the 2014-15 Celtics, right? The team that traded, Ron, like all their players, they traded Rondo, all those dudes. They basically got no one, and they were able to, like, turn them, like, these no-name players into gold just based on Steve, uh, Brad Stevens' coaching. You know, they were able to get Isaiah Thomas, who really was unknown. Um, Jay Crowder was, like, another dude that was, like, balling for them. I mean, Jay Crowder is still balling. But, like, no one heard of Jay Crowder when he was on the the Dallas Mavericks. He's balling. He's brawling, bro. He's fighting out there. That's what I'm saying. I think that's that's probably, like, my main reason. I feel that. And like that, that, there are players out here who have a specific set of skills. Yeah. And if you can just acquire, you know, a team that makes sense. A lot of a lot of these teams, like the Spurs and the Warriors, like you look on paper, and you're like, what is the identity of this team? What does this dude like specifically do? Yeah. That is going to help them win. You know. No, and like okay, like the Celtics are a really unique organization in the sense that like they have a really, really good coach and a really ballsy GM in Danny Ainge who like, you know, he'll do the crazy things. He'll, he'll take your, your hot takes, you know, and then you have a coach who can literally bring out the best in those guys that Danny Ainge thinks can be like these, you know, diamonds in the rough hidden gems or whatever, uncut gems, if you will. (laughs) Um, and, and like they have, I still haven't seen it. They really have like that best case scenario where it's like the good mix of that GM who will go out and get anybody for you, and then that coach who can really like mold them into guys that can make a difference. I don't know. You're I'm I'm kind of jealous. They're, the Celtics are obviously in a really good position, and they've done really well. And I hope the Spurs can take some of those lessons and uh, make their own uh, their own little little dynasty we'll see it, it almost it almost seems at this point that it's like i don't know i'm, I'm in kind of a dark place as spur as far as spurs fandom goes but it's almost like we just completely lucked into the past 20 years like tim duncan just fell into our laps and that he he was the reason we were good for 20 years and now we just suck and if we don't have an- another stroke of luck <laughs> we're gonna suck for 20 years <laughs> It it all it honestly feels like we're in limbo yeah. because we know this isn't the team of the future, right. but it, so it's like we're waiting for that to happen, but it's just not happening. We're, we're, so it's, it's just we're like be, we're being forced to. We're like trying to close our eyes, but the pop just keeps uh, keeps opening our eyes with with the jaws of life, just forcing them open. No, I agree. Yeah, it's tough, but hey, here we are, still talking NBA got the all-star game to look forward to should be a fun one tons of new confusing rules to try and dissect and figure out um you uh you watching the, the super bowl on sunday who are you rooting for god uh i'm gonna go chiefs chiefs dude me too uh i want i, want... I really do not care who wins but i just i just feel like the chiefs are gonna do it yeah i, I want i want andy reed to get that ring finally their coach good guy Went to BYU, BYU alum right there. Um, yeah, and Pat, Pat Mahomes, I mean, the guy's going to get rings no matter what, so might as well start now, right? Yeah, even though I hate his girlfriend. <laughs> I think everyone does, dude. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All righty then. Hey, well, we're going to sign off here in a sec. Um, thanks for coming on, my boy Matthew. Follow him on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to Practice Squadron. 
and follow along on Twitter so you can see his his hot takes here and there as the season goes on. And make sure you follow me on Twitter as well at Caleb Turner23 and the podcast and blog Turner Time. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for coming on, Matt, and thanks for listening, you guys. All right. Peace. Peace out. Thank you.